Humbug. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Happy end of year, Tristan. You might even say happy holidays. Yeah. Or, or Merry Christmas, seasons, greetings. Hmm. All of the above. All those things. Um, is this our last recording for the year? I guess it is. I guess it is. We came to this realisation a few days ago that mm. with my, my travel to Sydney for the festive season mm. um, and some commitments around that, it's, it's really thrown a spanner in the works. So we're cutting slightly earlier this year. I mean, only by a week, really. Yeah. We usually cut a couple of weeks before Chrissy and then we'll, you know, we'll kick off back in January. Maybe get a, a live recording in or two, depending how we're going. Exactly. Um, An IRL. IRL. That means in real life for you Gen Xs. And we'll probably have a you know our, our annual double impact conference when mm. we're together in Sydney. Strategy day, yeah. I.e. karaoke, yeah. Very important. So, in honor of it being the last recording of the year, we're gonna we're gonna play with the format a little bit. We are. It's a two-parter. What are we doing? First part, uh, you know, the format you know and love. Mm. Little member berry from the year the film came out, then into the film, then into the verdict. But Greg and I were thinking perhaps we do a year in review. Something I think we've talked about every year since we've been doing the pod. Hmm. And, um, you know, we're doing a movie that is beloved, but it's territory we've kind of covered well Mm. in other movies. Mm. So we don't have a ton of notes on this movie. So why not? Why not smush them together for a very special mega episode? Why not? Yeah. Nothing to do with the fact that we're light on notes. Nothing to do with it. That is a convenient coincidence. Nothing at all. Ah, what are we doing this week for our singular Christmas movie of the year? It's a Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, Muppet's Christmas Carol. Yeah, this was a this. We got a few requests for this when you put out the um, put out the the bat signal. Yeah, out of desperation because uh, this is this is a topic I want to talk about a little later on. But I don't know. There's not a ton of Christmas movies. <laughs> We've covered a few now. That being our third Christmas. Um, yeah. Well, we foolishly did. Well, foolishly or just whatever, um, we've done a bunch of those sort of Christmas Christmas set. adjacent, yeah, yeah, you know, the diehards, like gremlins, and, gremlins and, and mm. chain black, anything, yeah, yeah. So we really should have saved them. It's not like Halloween. There's there's endless, endless. horror movies that we can do. It's a whole genre. Yeah, Christmas uh, movies. On the other hand, Christmas. Mm. Ah, anyway, 1992, Greg, what a year. 1992, was a great year. Ah, you know, the Barcelona games. Barcelona! I can't believe that's the song you've taken away from that. This is much like the bad boy scenario. That is the song. The song is Amigos Pero Siempre. Amigos Pero Siempre means you always be my friend. Friends for life, not just the summer or the spring. But it's called, it's in Barcelona. Yeah, the song's no. called Barcelona. Look, you're probably and it's free Mercury. Right. Yeah. He just I yells forget. Barcelona a bunch of times. Why not? Does he say Barcelona? He should. I think he, does he have a lisp generally? Because he's got quite a situation happening at the front of his mouth. Yeah, he's got some girls. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm not talking about that song, but you know what? We are talking about a song. Yes. I love when the member buries a the song. The number group. one you know song in Australia for 1992. Care to have a guess? Um, 92. <sighs> Brian Adams something. Close. Breaky, breaky heart. <laughs> We, as we said in uh, year six or whatever we were, year five, don't tell my fart. Oh, that's clever. Mm. I love it. So, interestingly, Billy Ray Cyrus's uh, breakout hit, Achey Breaky Heart, didn't actually make it to number one in the US. Did you know that? That's so funny because we're not a country music culture in we Australia. Well, I mean, there's pockets, but yeah, not like the not, US. But yeah. I guess that song is the one that went. I guess the novelty of it. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was number one for the year, this, the number one song for the year here. And we haven't really heard of Billy Ray since until the blow up of his daughter and um, Lil Nas X. But yeah. it was the number one song here. And do you remember that time? I remember, I remember very distinctly because I didn't really like the song. Yeah, Big um, Mullet. Yeah, same. And there were songs like November Rain and End of the Road that were. And Amigos para siempre means you'll always be my friend. <laughs> Dancing around there, you know. Me and Jono did really like, um, you know, a friend of the show, Under Jono, the who showed me all the R-rated action movies. Yes. He he, he got me into it. There were some Australian country musicians that we liked. Lee Kernigan? For some reason. You know how that? Uh, no, but Slim James Dustin. Blundell. Oh, James Blundell, yeah. We are, we are, yeah. That's both yeah. of the Jameses, James Ray and James Oh, yeah. I don't know why we like them. It's just one of those weird kid things where you just latch onto something for some reason. Yeah, I was down with them as well. Yeah, we loved it. It was a good year for music top to bottom, um, I would say. There's quite a bit in there. Yeah. And a few of them are football hooligan, not football hooligan, football, English football fan songs. So you know how they quite often take a song and change the lyrics to be something? Like Seven Nation Army or whatever. Yeah. Well, that one they just go, do, 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 not really change. That's not the most clever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But there it, uh, um, this one is one. This was quite heavily used, um, Achey Breaky Heart. Oh, yeah. What do they, what do they say instead? Uh, well, there was a few. Um, there was Don't Sell Joe Hart. <laughs> Don't Sell Joe Hart. When, yeah, Mad City were looking to get rid of their keeper. <laughs> the melody's a little muddied, <laughs> but it's there. Uh, but then this one's a more recent one from a song that also came out in 1992, Tristan. Oh, yeah? Rhythm is a Dancer by Snap. Like, rhythm is a... That one? Yeah. Uh, it's for Anthony Alanga is this... Um, He's a place for Man United. He's from, from Sweden. So what songs could be co-opted into Chance for us? Um, 
Uh, let's just pick something else from that year. Carney. There's got to be a Carney song. Um, mm. I need some time on this one. I, yeah. I can't come up with this yeah, on the spot. No, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm Australian. You know, the, we're not very – we just say, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> yeah, that's all we've got. That's the, that's the level of uh, intellect in our cheering. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know the second verse. We're, actually, we barely know the first verse to our own anthem. We just make the noises. Well, they changed the lyrics recently. Did they? Did they get rid of Gert? Oh, uh, no, they've doubled down on Gert. The song is now called <laughs> Gert. <laughs> I read a book called Gert. Have you heard of that Did book? You? Yeah, it's 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 a, it's written by what's the guy's name? He's a journo, and it's basically uh, a a tongue in cheek interpretation of the early days of um, colonial Australia. Oh wow! So it is actually playing off that weird word. Yeah, he's yeah, he's just yeah, that's cool. He's just sort of like saying this country's actually got a really weird and funny, oh, not you know, well, maybe not funny. Uncomfortable, yes. Fun, but funny, just, uncomfortable. Just talks about yeah the behaviour of some of the um, you know the, the the people that our country's land, landmarks are all named after. Mm. Can't tell you the name of the author. He's a very funny man. I saw him at TED a TED do a TED talk on it. Anyway, interesting. We digress. Yeah. So big year for Billy Ray. That was his. That was his first. Album. I mean, a huge his dynasty. That he wasn't his song though. It's a, it's a cover. Yeah, he just heard it and went, "Yeah, I'll put that on my album." I guess that was the style at the time. Really? So that was his first single. That was his first. Yeah, it was of his first album. Ah, left-handed guitar player. It seems from the oh, film clip I watched earlier. Oh, McCartney. Mm, then he went down the uh, Christian music thing. There, made a few of those albums. Get the numbers up. You know, yeah, he's released like sixteen albums. Respect. Good on you, Billy Ray. You keep doing you, mate. Man, 92. Big year for the the Cyrus dynasty. Mm. Uh, big year for movies too, Greg. Oh, yeah. Big year. Big year. Prove it. Number one film in the world was uh, Aladdin. 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 Which we've covered on this very podcast. The number two film in the world was The Bodyguard, which we've covered on this podcast. Number three film in the world was Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, mm. which we've covered on the the number four film in the world was Basic Instinct, which we've covered on the podcast. Wayne's World we've covered on the podcast. Dracula we have not, but we will soon. Mm, yeah, we are quite keen for that, aren't we? Yeah, the Dracula thing and then the Frankenstein thing. I, I'm trying to think of a third one. It would be cool to do a mini series of these like highbrow. Hunchback? Oh, maybe a hunchback in there. Yeah. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Yeah, one of those sorts of things. That, that, there, was a, there was a specific thing that happened around that time, right, with those films. Elizabethan? Is that Elizabethan? Maybe. Is this Elizabethan? I don't know. A Christmas Carol? It's Dickensian. Oh, oh, Dickensian. Yeah, maybe that's a bit earlier. Speaking of Dickensian, Greg, <laughs> there was a little film that came in at number 51 that year, Greg. Mm-hmm. Not quite a mup, not quite a pet, but oh, man, a Muppet's Christmas Carol. <laughs> December of 1992, budget of $12 million, gross of $27.2 million. 
Uh, Rotten Tomato scores 76% critic score, audience score uh, 86%. Critic consensus as follows. It may not be the finest version of Charles Dickens's tale to grace the screen, but The Muppet Christmas Carol is funny and heartwarming and serves as a good introduction to the story for young viewers. Hmm. That was, um, what, was the, what was the line that the uh, review had last week? It was something I like... grip on... Oh. Something about someone's ironclad grip on. I can't remember. Probably do. The game. The game. Finch's ironclad grip on storytelling and suspense. Something like that. It was much more. Look, where I'm going with this, Babel, is last week's summary was better. It felt more like critical analysis. This just feels like. Yeah, this was like, it was funny. This this looks like TV Guide review. The other one felt more like David Stratton. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But we that, still need to get on this right. podcast, man. One day. One day. And and of course Margaret. And well. <laughs> we haven't done that in a while. <laughs> we haven't. Whenever we bring back a, a a bit that we haven't done in a long time, I just think, oh, these new listeners, probably not from Australia, have no idea what we're talking about. Um mm. anyway, was this a big film for you, Greg? Uh, no, it wasn't, Kent. No. Had you seen it before at all? Like Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> probably. It probably got put on, um, you know, when you're in, in primary school and nearly the end of term and the parent, and the teachers oh, yeah. are just sick of you and so they're just like, you know what, hey, kids, we're going to watch a movie. Yeah. I feel like this would have been put on once or twice over, a, you know, like a late year rainy day in the assembly hall. It's pretty short too. Sandwiches in the hall. It yeah. smells like cheese and bread. <laughs> yeah. Nice. What about you? I I mean, this is 1992. There's a chance that this is not factual, but according to my memory, I'm pretty sure I saw this at the cinema. I have oh, this like, okay. I have this deep member berry. I don't remember much of the film itself, but I remember like I have this real nostalgic feeling about, I think I was like down the coast in like Marimbula with my auntie and my cousins mm. and I, I think we Lord. went to see it, like small town cinema vibe, you know? Yeah. But I was yeah, like there's yeah. one cinema in there. Let's just say, let's just like roll with that as that. I'm, I'm 99% sure that's true. And, yeah, again, I don't. What day of the week was it? No idea. No idea. But it felt like a fun time. But I don't remember anything beyond that. I just get the vibe. I feel the vibe of it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what about Muppets at Large? Were you a Muppet man? So this is interesting. I think uh, – I don't think we talked about this properly last – because we've done a few Muppet Henson. adjacent – Yeah, Henson yes, things. Yes. Probably the Labyrinth is the most, you know. Dance magic dance. Yeah. And so I can't remember if we talked about this then, but I, I'm realising that I just – I somehow just didn't get much Muppets action when I was a kid. Hmm. Which is crazy because it's definitely my kind of jam. It is. I'm trying to – I was thinking about this today. I was wondering why, like, I watched Sesame Street. I think maybe I didn't understand the difference. Maybe I thought they were the yeah. same thing or something. Yeah, I I had I, – I, I explored this thought. You're right. And I was in pretty similar territory, whereas I think I, I love Sesame Street, fiend for Sesame Street. Yeah. And I think – when I saw these guys, they were like, oh, you're not quite, you're a little bit different to Sesame Street. Some of them I liked. Gonzo I felt was like just a shitty version of Grover. Oh, interesting. And people are probably yelling at the 
thing. <laughs> but that's just how a young Greg felt. So you know, no hate. But then some of them are amazing, like the Swedish cook. Yeah, man. The humor's pretty solid. Like it's, I mean, we'll get into this film specifically, but Muppets is definitely, it's almost like Junior Simpsons or something. Like it's it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty solid. But then also at the same time, maybe I did watch it and I didn't realize it wasn't Sesame Street or something. I don't know. I just, it's, maybe it's just mm. all muddled in my head. Because I was also Googling today, like, I've always just assumed that lots of the Muppets were in Sesame Street. I mean, I was looking it up today and apparently it's only Kermit. Kermit's the only one that's crossed over. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. So, so that's kind of crazy. And so then I was Mr. looking Piggy? it up and it said, well, that's what I would have thought too, right? So I must have watched the Muppets because I know those characters. They fit like, yeah. it's oh, weird. Oh, Muppet Babies. Muppet Babies. I, only th- I think I only had the Happy babies. Meal toys. Make a dream come true. <laughs> I um, I love Muppet Babies, the yeah. cartoon. You do a good Kermit, by the way. Let's not gloss over that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Um, I was trying to do Ray Mar- 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I can't quite get there. I can only do Ray. Deborah. <laughs> uh, Miss Piggy. I'm Tommy the Frog. Yeah, my Kermit's okay. I lost a sigh. I don't know what else to say besides. <laughs> I can only say I lost a sigh in Raphael. <laughs> the Venn diagram of Raphael, Raymond, and Kermit the Frog. That's it. Interesting. I yeah. lost a sigh. <laughs> I got to Kermit the Frog. I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing that I saw today when I was looking this up was um, hmm. people were referring to the the puppets in Sesame Street as Muppets. The puppets as Muppets? Yeah, so so I think Muppets is the universal term for all of these creations, these creatures. It's like a Sultana raisin thing. All Sultanas <laughs> are raisins, but not all raisins are Sultanas. <laughs> Have you thought of this on the fly? Is this your on the fly example, or uh, is, this pre, is this premeditated? It's the raisin premeditated as of like thirty minutes ago. So like, okay, all it's fresh, all fresh like an old raisin. <laughs> <laughs> all these creatures are uh, Muppets, but wait, no, not all. So Sesame, wait, <laughs> I lost it. I'm with you. Wah, I'm not wah, wah. In come, on. come on. It's gone. Crack. What's the opposite of a oh, stoot? Oh, come on. I unstooted myself. Um, you know, like Sesame Street is the Sultana, Muppets are the raisins. Okay. I guess. <laughs> Muppets are the category and then Sesame Street is a brand. Within the category uh, or, or, or a branch. Like a, cr- like a craisin? A cr- Where do the craisins yeah. fit in? <laughs> well, they're not even sultanas. What about a grape? <laughs> well, grapes, I guess, are the grapes like the Hensons? No. I guess the grapes <laughs> The grapes are just like the... They're the winemakers. <laughs> the grapes. <laughs> in this analogy, I guess the material that the Muppets are made of are, are the grapes. Mm. Um, I, yeah, this one needs a bit of thought. <laughs> There's a, there's a, yeah, there's something there. There's something there. Just, uh, it's a bit of, it's a bit of shame. That's a great segue into Thanks. origin story. Yeah, let's go to the origin story. Let's see how these sultanas became, no, these grapes became raisins. Where's Oki, where's Oki when we need him? He's right here. <laughs> origin story. Oh, that was a good one, Oki. Yeah. Greg, yes, we've covered this before, but it's important because I know this is very exciting for you. But this film is based on a novella. 
novella. <laughs> a novella by Charles Dickens uh, back in 1843. Good, big year for novellas. Big year for novellas. We, um, we talked about this when we did Scrooge last year, so I won't go too deep. Maybe I'll link that in the show notes, something I always in, intend to do. Okay. Uh, but it was written in a period where Christmas was, I guess, sort of making a comeback. You know, I'm speaking sort of out of my, beyond my expertise here, but apparently that was the thing. Christmas was making a comeback. This was sort of coming back in a new form, carols, Christmas cards, that sort of thing. And oh, commercialization. Yeah. I, that's, so this came up last time we talked about it. I wasn't sure if that's what they meant when they said that, whether it's commercialization or more just like be, like sort of transcending beyond being explicitly Christian. Religious. Yeah. Mm. Um, because, you know, this isn't that religious. Mm. It's more. Mm. It's more Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Which in itself is. Well, I was, so we just had Thanksgiving here in New York and I um, I was saying to people like the more Thanksgivings I have here, I realise the way we do Christmas in Australia is kind of like Thanksgiving, whereas here Christmas isn't as big as Thanksgiving. Like the Christmas is almost agnostic in Australia at this point, mm. you know, not for everyone. Mm. Some people are still, you know, very religious, but, you know, it's more about coming together. It's about family. It's about buying that that pretty turkey in the window. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn window turkey. <laughs> I forgot what he said. What was the turkey at the end? I can't remember. There's a name for yes. it. The show turkey or the uh, some fancy turkey. Anyway, this novella was huge. They released it in like on like the 19th of December and it sold out by Christmas. Mm. So there you have it. Um, it was huge. It's been adapted many, many times, 135 many, times to be exact, many. some of which we've covered. All of the adaptations. Scrooged, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to watch that actually. The Game. <laughs> the Game, exactly. And even just characters, Scrooge McDuck. Mr. Burns, pretty much. And, you know, even as of a week ago, there's the new Ryan Brunchy. Reynolds and Will Ferrell movie. Oh, great. Which and is terrible. No, you're just missing the trifecta there. Um, it's on Apple TV+. Plus. Number one blocks office. I started watching it thinking, oh, yeah, I'm down for just like a feel, like, you know, a you know fun Christmassy vibe. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> it's a musical. Was it? Unexpected musical, but like, not, and I like musicals. But not good music. It was just kind of like, why well, hey, just get back to the movie? What are you doing? Um, so mm. we only got about Be 10 more minutes like in. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. 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 But needless to say, or I did say it, many adaptations. Um, mm. So it's not necessarily a new thing to origin story-wise to go, hey, I'm going to adapt Christmas Carol. But what is perhaps new is adding a bunch of Muppets. Mm-hmm. And and you know when you want to when you want to add Muppets, you, there's one place you go. It's the Henson family, and sadly, oh, yeah. Jim Henson had passed away in 1999. And as we discussed in a labyrinth episode, that was his final film, which at the time was a flop. 99? Uh, sorry, 1990, um, which was a flop, and that's that's shitty because it grew into you know a real cult classic, and he never got to see that, and that's sad. He grew like David. Trouser snake. <laughs> oh, David Bowie's trouser. I got gotcha. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you. I don't know. Just some guy named David. <laughs> <laughs> no. Bowie. Specific. David it Bowie. It made sense. I'm not, 
No, it did make sense. It made sense. In space. Um, <laughs> it was on yeah, my yeah, side. Sorry. Where, where, um, where were we? Where were you can't we? see my face. I'm potting in the dark today. We should let the people know. Yes, we have no I can visual see Tristan, cues. But he can't see me. I've got some some Teams issues. So I, I can't happen. see when Greg has that, you know, sparkle in his eye when he's about to launch a zinger at me. And so I end up accidentally talking over him. I apologize. Sparkly zinger. Yeah. Anyway. Jim Henson was no longer with us, but his son, Brian Henson, was. And this would become his directorial debut. So he was approached by a Hollywood agent uh, with the Mm. idea. Um, He said, hey, you should adapt A Christmas Carol with Muppets. Apparently he'd he'd already sold it around town, around Tinseltown, and he actually sold it to ABC to be a TV movie. Um, They brought in Jerry Jewell who was a writer. Who's Jerry? Jerry is a writer on The Muppets. I looked him up. I you seems like with him? No, but all his credits are various Muppets things. Okay. And so, you know, good pedigree. He he wrote the film and he, he wrote in the Charles Dickens character um, played by Gonzo so that he could narrate and, you know, kind of lift some direct words from the classic tale in this kind of new reimagining. So, mm. yeah. Good, good device there. I like that. I like that. But also, Greg, believe it or not, I have some yeah. precasties on this one. Oh, was it the Sesame Street guys? <laughs> is this the whole Raisin Sultana thing again? <laughs> yeah, it, is, it was. <laughs> but apparently before Ghost of Christmas Past, Christmas President, Christmas Yet to Come were invented as new characters, they were looking to the classic roster to fill in those roles. So Kermit the Frog or Scooter was going to be the ghost of Christmas past. Miss Piggy was going to be the ghost of Christmas present. Yeah. Being the gift that she is. And Gonzo or Animal was going to be ghost of Christmas yet to come. But then they decided to create these new characters instead. And you know what? Some Mm -hmm. of these fucking creatures are terrifying. We'll get to that. Mm. One of them in particular. The rest are fine. Just one of them. I don't like it. Gives me the heebie-jeebies, Greg. Oh, you know, we're gonna, we'll get to that? We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> anyway, once all of this is locked in, they submit this script to ABC and somehow Disney also sees it. Um, I don't know if they owned ABC back then. They do now. I don't know if that's how it worked. Anyway, they saw the scripts and they were like, wait, wait, just a damn minute. This is a feature mm. film we got right here. We need to release this at the cinema. Oh. Um, so they bought it. So it got elevated from TV movie to movie movie. And um, that being the case, they needed to cast Ebenezer Scrooge accordingly. So they were looking at a few um, relatively obvious choices. So uh, David Warner, who we talk about, talked about recently with um, The mm-hmm. Omen. Uh, Ron mm-hmm. Moody. Oh, has, are, he been, <clears throat> has he been Scrooge before? He seems like he should be. He seems... Doesn't he? He even had the mutton chops, didn't he, in the other thing? I feel like he has. All right, you keep talking. He must have. It's probably one of those things like Shakespeare where you just do it at some point in your career. Everyone's Um, done it. Yeah, Ron Moody from Oliver, but I don't really know who he is. Um, David Hemmings, who I thought I didn't know, but I do know him from that film Blow Up, um, which is like a 60s thing, Um, but that's all I know him from. A really interesting one, George Carlin was also on that shortlist which could have been interesting. Oh, oh, yeah. George Carlin plus oh. Muppets is a nice little, I like that. I'm, yeah, I'm here for it. Um, they offered it to Michael Caine instead. Your father. <laughs> I'm a stupid tech dude. 
Um, anyway, he mm. famously said, I don't know if this is what got in the gig or not, but he said it and it gets quoted all over the internet. He says, I'm going to play this movie like I'm working for the Royal Shakespeare Company. Um, he said, I'll never wink. I will never do anything Muppety. I'm going to play Scrooge as if it is an utterly dramatic role and there are no puppets around me. Hmm. Hmm. I actually read that before the rewatch and I was like, yeah, speaking my language. Because we talk about that a lot, right? About, you know, playing it straight mm. in a comedy is a very important component yeah. for, you know, Naked Gun and such. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm on board. I was, yeah, well, mm. and, you know, we'll unpack that a little bit B-O-R-E-D later. B-O-R-E-D or B-O-A-R-D? Oh. <laughs> anyway, Bish Bash Bosh, you got yourself a movie rap party down. Bish Bash Bosh, you got yourself a movie rap party down at the old Sizzler Dickensian Tavern. The Sizzler. I don't know. Oh, it would have been ninety two. Yeah, I probably had Sizzler that very night. <laughs> the Marimbula Sizzler. Do you remember the cheesy garlic breads? Yeah, cheesy garlic breads, and then making horrible creations of the dessert bar. Mm. What if I got an ice cream cone and just filled it with the hot fudge sauce? Mm. <laughs> Diabetes. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play the trailer. Yeah. Bah, humbug. He was the greediest man alive. It's Ebenezer Scrooge. Until the night he met someone extraordinary. <laughs> the Muppet Christmas Carol. I'll drink to Mr. Scrooge, even though he is odious, <laughs> stingy, and badly dressed. Humbug. Oh, there goes Mr. Humbug. There goes Mr. Grin. Do you think it's safe for us to be up here? It's a game of prize for being me. The winner would be him. Yes, Mr. Cratchit. If you please, Mr. Scrooge. The bookkeeping staff would like to have an extra shovel full of coal for the fire. Frozen. How would the bookkeepers like to be suddenly unemployed? The it's Charles Dickens' classic tale. As only the Muppets can tell it. It's good to be heckling again. It's good to be doing anything again. Filled with holiday warmth. Hey, 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 like the lamp, not the rat, like the lamp, not the rat. And Christmas spirit. Scrooge. Jacob Molly. Scary stuff. Should we be worried about the kids in the audience? No, it's all right. This is culture. This is the movie to see, to share, to cherish with someone you love. Thank you for making me a part of this. Walt Disney Pictures presents, from Jim Henson Productions, The Muppet Christmas Carol. God bless us, everyone. Whatever. I don't know what I watched that movie. <laughs> we did, we did. Oh, but no, that's a good trailer, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good trailer. It was a great trailer. In fact, watching that and listening to your story, I was like, maybe I saw it at the movies too. Maybe. Yeah, I'm just stealing your memory. <laughs> um, what happened in this movie, Greg? Uh, oh, look, we know this tale. It's a tale almost as old as Christmas itself. Uh, you got a chap by the name of. Uh, Ebenezer, uh, he's a hard worker, Tristan. He's a lonely old man. He's yeah. I 
Jesus. You could say he's a bitter old man. He's obviously had his heart broken at least once, maybe worse. Mm. Um, net, net, he's elected a life where he buries himself in his work. Collateral damage for everyone around him. Mm. He's a grumpy old bugger. Yeah. You know, the little rats and Kermit are copping it. He expects him to work on Christmas Day. I've worked on Christmas Day. That's another story. Yeah. Um, but uh, he has a chance of redemption, Tristan. Yeah. Redemption. Yeah. Uh, on the eve of Christmas, he's visited by three ghosts. Christmas past, present and future or something like that. Mm. And through the medium of song and dance and puppetry, they paint a picture of Ebenezer's life, where he's been, what he's done, the impact he's had and where he's headed. Which, spoiler alert, is a lonely, shallow grave. Mm. You, sir, what day is it? I can't remember if they said that bit. But um, that's kind of the movie. Yeah. I didn't want to spend too long the synopsis because we know this well and we're going to do a year in review. Yeah, this this plot is embedded in our, all of our DNAs, I think. Mm. It's, it's like mm. it's like recapping Jack and Jill go up the hill or whatever. You know, it's, it's there. Everyone knows this one. But there's Muppets here. Yeah. That's, I guess that's the main difference. Yeah, Kermit and Miss Piggy go up a hill. <laughs> and have kids that look exactly like them. Mm. Again, genetics in film, it doesn't make any bloody it's sense. Fascinating. Fascinating. Or at least they don't look like each other. Is being a frog a recessive gene and a pig? Is, I don't know how the, yeah, how did the Punnett Square work in that household? Um, how was the rewatch, Craig? Um, it was okay. Yeah. I'm a little bit bar humbug on it. I don't yeah. know. I think maybe. I didn't, um, yeah. Did you watch it with the kids? No. Mm. I didn't. They weren't, I couldn't get them. I, it, viewing was hard this week yeah. with um, extra commitments and we had Carol's family here. So you got to sort of wedge it in when you can. Yeah. I which feel in yeah. this instance was when the kids are down um, asleep. Uh, you know, it was okay. I just didn't, I just. I wasn't loving it, if I'm honest. Yeah. And, you know, enough. I'm a big cane man. Yeah. Appreciate it was probably hard talking to those puppets all by your lonesome. Well, it's probably easier than CGI. At least they're there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not talking to a tennis ball. Yeah. Well, you are a little bit. Kermit's a bit of a tennis ball. <laughs> he is a bit of a tennis ball, <laughs> isn't he? Tennis ball. <laughs> um, the tennis ball is the grape then. To the raisin, ah, that is. Go. Thank you. Yeah. It's kind of, it's close that loop. Yeah. Phew. That was going to keep me up tonight. <sighs> mm. um, so I'm kind of, yeah, look, I'm dancing around a little bit. I I don't think I'll watch it again anytime soon. Yeah. If the kids said, can I watch it? I'd go, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. So I, I think I liked it more than you. Um, yeah. Which you would because you like musicals more than me. Yeah, but I didn't like that component of it that much yeah it's interesting right like i think i liked it ultimately just because of the muppet component like i liked the joke i like the humor um yeah there's some good bad yeah there's some like it made me realize i just need to watch more muppet movies because the main thing i liked about this movie was the muppetness of it all um yeah like the fact that it was christmas carol i don't really care other than the aesthetic i did like the sets and like you know i did like that too yeah the old timey england yeah term. yeah yeah exactly old timey england i love a good set like a real set looking set you know where there's no set. chance that yeah. it's real at all like watching yeah. outdoor scenes in seinfeld that kind of set um oh, yeah. i love that stuff 
that did make me think actually that the, the outdoor sets on Seinfeld almost filled Dickensian in some ways a little bit. The outdoor sets. <laughs> you know, they seem so artificial. Like they're, they're, they're on that fake New York street that they have in Hollywood that they shoot everything on. Fake street. Yeah. Fakey McFake Street. 52 Fake Street. Yeah, 52 Fake Street. Your old address. Um, <laughs> I also liked, um, I guess, just the technical aspect of it. I really was like, this is, yeah, this is, I don't understand how it works, but this is cool. And I guess on that note, even just in rewatching the trailer, it is just pretty cool that this exists. Like, I think it's a really unique piece of. Like American cultural export that has such unique style, tone, and visual language. You know, like Japan's got Studio Ghibli, and like America's got the Jim Henson Company. It's it's cool. I really dig it. Mm. It's so it's so mm. tangible and analog and crafty. It's just it's just good. M- magical. Would you magical, say it's magical. Yeah, it has. It doesn't make any sense. Like. But it's great because some of the Muppets are humans, right? It's weird. It's like some of them are just human puppets. Mm. But then they're walking alongside humans. So where, how does that work? I don't know. Um, but uh, from a technical point of view. No I one questions it. <laughs> no one questions it, exactly. So, I, uh, yeah, I like that I like part it. of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then from a technical point of view, I did look up some of how they did it because some of the full body shots like were pretty a pretty big deal for the time because, you know, when you see a full body shot of Gizmo in um, Gremlins. It's pretty. <laughs> it's the, it's, it's, it's the cutest thing in the world, but it doesn't look very real. Not that this looked real, but it looked. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite shot of the whole movie. Uh, but in this as well, like there's a scene where Kermit the Frog is walking with his little tiny Tim, whatever his name is, on his shoulder, I full body know. shot, walking down the street, singing a song. Tis the season to be jolly and joyous. Fa-la-la, with a burst of pleasure we feel it arrive. Fa-la-la, it's a season when the saints can employ us. Fa-la-la, to spread the news about peace and to keep love alive. (laughs) How do they do that? I'll tell you how they did it. They had like four or five people on each character, puppeteers in blue suits. Mm. And so they'll do lots of compositing. So like, you know, the old blue screen removing people and that kind of shit. Stuff that I don't totally understand but sounded very clever were things like apparently they use blacklight panels as part of that process to remove puppeteers in a way where it doesn't look too weird. But they also use those same blacklight panels in every shot even if they weren't doing that compositing so that when they did have shots that did compositing, it didn't look different. Genius. So there's just all these really clever things. Again, I don't know if I explained that very well, but but just mm. the, the fact that they're doing that, I respect it. Um, and, and like they're walking down the street and obviously puppets can't walk down streets. What He was just fake walking on a barrel that was turning. Like oh, it's just so creative. I just love mm. that shit. Constraints. Yeah, constraints. And, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, Brian Henson's first film, and I think last week I had a bit of a soft rant on Hollywood nepotism and I was reflecting on that and I think this is this is one Hollywood family I can get behind because this is a very specific passion, skill set, niche, yeah. art form that it's important to keep alive. So so I respect that he's kind of taken on his dad's legacy and keeping it alive. So 
Brian, if you listened last <laughs> week and you're upset with what you heard and you've you come get a back pass, the second buddy. week, we hope, yeah, we hope that you'll accept Tristan's <laughs> heartfelt apology. Oh, I didn't apologise. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sting would have been a good um, Scrooge. Yeah, he would have been. And Bowie maybe. And we're just taking all the oh, precasties yeah. from um, <laughs> from Labyrinth. Michael Jackson? From from Labyrinth. Michael Jackson. Bahambuck. Damn it, Tito. <laughs> send, send over Tony Tim. Make sure you're coming to work tomorrow, guys. Be in by 8.30. I'm not going to give you any more coal, but you can all jump in my cozy bed. <laughs> no more Jesus juice for you. Um, I, <laughs> I'm looking at my notes and I realize we talked about most of it in the, in the build up to all this, but, um, I, I guess uh, one thing I wanted to talk with you about Greg Canny yeah, 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 was yeah. like in watching this. So I definitely like this more than you did, but I would say that like, I wasn't, I, I enjoy it cause it's Christmas right now and it's nice to have a Christmas vibe on the telly. Sure is. And that kind of thing. Uh, uh-huh. But ultimately the, the elements I liked in those movies. Yeah. The elements I liked in this movie were really just the Muppetness, like, as I mentioned. And then I was like reflecting on all the Christmas movies we've done. I don't know if I love any of them. Oh, wait, no. The exception, I Home Alone 1 and 2 I love and maybe even more so 2. Um, but outside of that, like all the Christmas movies we've done. Eh. What else have we done? Put down my cookie. Yeah. Like that's not a, it's fine. Like a lot of them have the qualifier of for a Christmas movie. And I'm like, yeah, for a Christmas movie, it's all right. What other ones have we done? So we've done that one. Santa Claus. Jingle the Way, the Santa Claus, Griswolds. Griswolds. um, Which I kind of like again, but I don't love. Like. uh, I love Griswolds. Yeah. And that's fine. This is, yeah, and of course this is not me saying a Christmas movie suck, but just me personally, like am but I broken? Do I, do I not have a soul? Like I just realised like I don't respond to Christmas not. movies. Yeah. I love Christmas adjacent movies, of course, like Die Hard and such, but in terms of just like real Christmas at the core films, eh, I don't think I like any. I don't know. But Humbug, I guess. Am I Scrooge? Do I need to? Am I going to get a visit tonight from from a creepy looking fucking puppet? That Ghost of Christmas Past is the creepiest fucking thing awesome. I've ever seen. Oh, so I loved fucking it. creepy! That was my favorite thing in the movie. Te- oh, technically I loved it, but it fucking terrified me, man. Did it? It gave me flashbacks to the old Dark Crystal thing that scarred me as a kid. You know, they oh, filmed yeah, her I really like, liked it. yeah, they filmed her in water. That's how she flew. She was underwater. And then, you know, blue screen and removed all the background, whatever. Um, very clever. Very clever. She was great, oh. but fucking scary. But it worked. I, 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 it was meant to feel weird, I guess. I felt weird. Mm. Mm. Uh, but I guess, yeah, I don't have a soul. I don't know. I don't like Christmas movies. But you like Christmas. Maybe I just haven't found the right one. I love Christmas. Yeah. Mm. Kind of. And you like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's dig a little more. Yeah, okay. This is like therapy. I guess it all started when <laughs> <laughs> I wanted the uh, GI Joe helicopter. <laughs> no, anyway, actually, I no. That. I love Christmas. No, I love Christmas. I always had uh, wonderful Christmases growing up, but yeah, I don't know something about it. Uh, well, um, is it um, is it the food? Do you like? I don't really like turkey. That's some love people turkey. say that. Love turkey. Love okay. turkey. I love all food. 
Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's bizarre. I guess I'm just broken inside. Hey. Yeah, speaking of broken inside and speaking of Scrooge, what about the man himself? Michael Caine playing it straight. I guess he kind of did, but it is very pantomime his performance. Like it's not straight, straight. Mm. There's Yeah, he's not Get Carter. Yeah. <laughs> you're a big ghost, but you're out of shape. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. For me, it's a full-time job. Like, I guess he was fine in it. I don't know. Do you have a, any strong feelings either way on that one? Uh, I guess he looks the part. He's got a cool yeah, he looks the part. sleeping hat. Um, it's not my Mark, my definitive Michael Caine performance. I think he's certainly uh, not. You know, one of the best actors of all time. So, um, yeah, you know, he's just. Yeah. Mm. I do wouldn't mind bringing back the old Ebenezer Scrooge nighty, um, and little hat thing. Why do they wear the little hat thing? Yeah, I was observing keep his hairdo that. Going? I think it's for warmth. Ah, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess they didn't have. It's like a bed beanie. I've yeah. been known to sleep in a beanie from time to time. Oh, yeah. I used to I sleep. Sleep or pass out. Okay, so get this. When I was like, uh, the older I got, the curlier my hair got. When I was like, you know, end of high school, early 20s kind of thing. Sometimes I'd sleep mm. in a beanie to like flatten my hair. Oh, no. why don't you just use a hair straightener? Well, I, didn't, I didn't have one of those. No, this, this must have been when sisters. I wasn't living with my sister. Um, and she didn't have one. She had straight hair. <laughs> I crimped my fringe from time to time. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I peroxided my fringe. Oh, I nice. Was, I look like Mr. Sheffield. Now I don't have one. Yeah, no. <laughs> I tampered with it too much. She said, I'm out of here. <laughs> you keep playing with that, it'll fall off. Yeah. <laughs> Little do I know they're talking about my hair. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, there is a legacy, maybe not from this film specifically, but from the source material at least that I guess this film kept alive in culture. That is the term Bahumbug. Yeah. It's from original they invented it. Yeah. In the in the in the novella. I looked mm. it up because I was like, it must be. It must be from this. Probably the first time I, I heard it was probably from Mr. Burns. But it says Bah Humbug from Bar. Interjection, expressing contempt, disgust, or bad temper, and humbug, balderdash, nonsense, rubbish. The words were originally spoken by the miser Ebenezer Scrooge in the novella A Christmas Carol. Mm. There you have mm. it, folks. How about that? I wonder. Hey, yeah. also that reminds me. Do you, know, do you think anyone calls their kid Scrooge these days, or is that like a? Well, his name was Ebenezer. Oh yeah, it's a Scrooge last name. Scrooge was his surname. But That's you could ask point. the same question, are there many Ebenezers out there? Yeah, I call, so, okay, so Ara, wife of the show, does have a nighty, and any time she wears it, I call her Ebenezer. So that's the only person <laughs> I know with the closest name to Ebenezer in my world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd be curious about that. It's like calling your son Jeeves. You know that old Seinfeld joke? You call your son Jeeves, mm. you're really setting them on a path mm. um, to be a butler or a search engine, I guess. Yeah, a failed search engine. You remember when Ask Jeeves rebranded to just Ask? I thought Jeeves was the cool part of that whole brand. You got rid of the wrong part, mm. idiots. I think the Butler's Association that um, <laughs> had to say about it. The IBA. We will not stand for this. Yeah, they were protesting very politely outside. Mm. 
with silver Do trays and tuxedos. <laughs> On their one hour off, they get a week. Yeah. Mm. What a life. That butler life. Oh, and I guess Michael Caine went on to play a butler for Mr. Batman himself. Yeah. Oh, it's probably stupid. That was a butler with, with special, you know, if you're going to be a butler, it's probably a good butler. Man, I reckon that would be the most boring butler you could be because it's, it's fucking depressed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, You don't get to look after a family. You're just looking after this one guy. I guess if you get to get in on the action a little bit. Yeah, I'm assuming there'd be some orgies there. Is that what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I mean. Yes! <laughs> Imagine Charlie Wilson was your butler. That's a good butler. And he's just walking around offering you yams all day. Yeah. Can I get you the yams? Oh, on that note. Yeah, it's mean boobs or something. I think it means boobs or ass. I forget which one. Maybe both. Okay. Maybe it's a whole yeah, sweet yams. potato yams thing, a whole sultana mm. raisin thing. Mm, yeah. um, that, that analogy could have worked too. All right, let's get into the verdict. Let's get into the verdict. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. The law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. I mean, I think this this holds up as a as a as a Christmas movie. Um, yeah, like you, well, I wouldn't be in a hurry to watch it again. But I do look forward to the day that I watch this with the fruit of my loins at some point. Um, <laughs> wow! <laughs> Why'd you have to say loins? That's my word of the day. I got to get it in there somewhere. Oh, dick! dick. <laughs> take um, loins for four hundred. Yeah, and it's one of those ones that doesn't really date because, you know, the golden rule, it's a period piece first and foremost, but also it's very analog. It's puppets and things. So there's nothing that can really be outdated. It's just the style. Mm. So FX test, big yes from me. Oh, yeah. Bechdel test, technically no, but like Muppets, I don't know. And same with race Bechdel test, they're Muppets. I don't know. Mm. (laughs) Um, did Simpsons do it? I mean, Scrooge stuff, yes, all over the place. Um, porn parody, I chose not to look that one up. Hmm. But there's probably some fluffy thing out there. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I think it, it holds up. It is what it is. It does hold up. And if you're not it's into just, it, you're not into not it. My, yeah, just not yeah. into it. But That's fair enough. by all means, people, if you like this one, go and watch it again. Yeah. Why not? It's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, yeah. It's an easy watch too. It's short. It is, it's, it's not Christmas a bad. Christmas time, crack out the wine. On Christmas Day even, you know, just throw it on. Mm. Mm. I would rewatch it at some point, but not in a hurry. Um, all right, should we get into part two of this very special episode? Year yeah, in review, 2022. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so where should we start? I guess... High-level reflections? Yeah, reflections, uh, top top three films we've covered this year. Is that where should mm-hmm. we start? Where we should start, I guess. Um, yep. Who should go first? All right, should we go in reverse order? So top one for three. One. one for one. Yeah. Okay. 
what was your number three film? The, not your number three film of the year in terms of broader pop culture, but in terms of films we've covered. What's your number three, Greg Canny? Oh, I, uh, I should have put my thought into this. I'll go <laughs> Taxi Driver. Nice, nice. Toffee. That was a good one. Yeah. You guys have probably heard of it. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. May 10th. Thank God for the rain, which has helped wash away the garbage and the trash off the sidewalks. I'm working long hours now. Six in the afternoon to six in the morning, sometimes even eight in the morning. Six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. It's a long hustle, but it keeps me real busy. I can take in three, 350 a week, sometimes even more when I do it off the meter. What was it about that one? Was that like... Uh you know, better than I remembered or more just like... Better than point. I remembered. I just understood ah. I understood the Travis's decline a little better with adult eyes and yeah. ears. Yeah, grew, grew into it. Yeah, just, yeah. The, just that steady descent into craziness and the ending, you know, having an interpretation of that being a dream, not, you know, like a fairly obvious interpretation, I'd say. Yeah. Little things like that that sort of I hadn't up on in my youth but but my, just reflecting on yeah i could uh, i think i'll maybe maybe i'll be in the sea maybe i'll be in the secret service you know and he's he's the crazy guy at the rally <laughs> talking absolute gibberish like yeah hey, you have lost it hey you're a secret service man aren't you huh just waiting for the senator you're waiting for the senator oh that's a very good answer. Shit. I'm waiting for the sun to shine. Yeah. No, the, the reason I, I asked uh, if you were a secret service man, I won't say anything. Because I... I saw some suspicious looking people over there. You did? Yeah, they were over there, right over there. I don't know. He takes her on the first date to the yeah. porn <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good shout. Uh, I I didn't have it in my top three, but I agree with everything you're saying. That's definitely one of those ones that you're accessing all of its layers as an adult versus as a kid. You're like, you're just like, yeah, you're talking to me. Like you're kind of just <laughs> enjoying it on a surface level kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about you, sir? My number three was uh, Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. From this moment on, you're no longer a slave to the government. From this moment on, your mind is your own. No longer a slave to the government. From this moment on, you will seek vengeance on your oppressors. And I I've guess got that I, list. Oh, I was th- uh, as I said that though. I just realized that that's not from the era. We did that in lap hack past and present. So I hope I'm not right. breaking Doesn't the rules be, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Hey, hey we make the rules. Can, and the pod police don't come after me. Um, yeah, man, yeah. it was just like a real fresh take on what is a, was a very tired franchise, and like mm. it, it answers a lot of my prayers in terms of like. Putting Dolph Lundgren and putting fucking Van Damme in some fucking good shit. 
But mm. and when I say good, I don't mean it has to be super fucking highbrow pretentious shit. It's still fucking gory, over the top, but it's beautiful. It's uncomfortable to watch. It's the most violent thing I think I've ever seen. Mm. So I, in terms of rewatchability, I don't know if it's something I'll just throw on for fun all the time. But man, it's like it's a thing. It's a take, you know. It's like, and it's it's Peter Hyams's son, or it's Peter Hyams. Yeah, it's Hyams. One of the Hyams's. And uh, it's, you know, yeah. picking up where your dad Same, left off it? and turn it into something good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just such a bizarre – it has no business being that good. It's one of those ones, mm. I think, that really gets mm. me. Yeah, mm. I loved it. I love it. Yeah. It's probably the best Dolph on screen, I think, perhaps, it, even just probably. visually. The way they shoot him yeah. and stuff is good. It's good. Yeah. And minimal dialogue for both those guys, which, you know, works. Um that was my number three. <laughs> what was your number two, Greg? Nice. Uh, Chopper. Ooh, I had that in honourable mentions. Hey, Neville. Neville. Nev. Yeah? Hey, Nev. I hear you want to give me a bit of money. Where'd you hear that, mate? It's just the mail. I can collect it now if you like. I think someone's pulling your leg, mate. Someone's pulling your leg, Neville. Someone will pull your other fucking leg in a minute. Now, how much you want to give me? Who do you think you're talking to, mate? Eh? Who do you think you're talking to? I'm Neville Bardos. You remember that? Or has your fucking memory lapsed, you fucking idiot? What? Who do you think you're talking to, mate? Oh, sorry. Was I being rude? Yes, mate. You were being very fucking rude. You fucking dickhead. You want to make some money, you make it yourself. Get him a drink, Nick. And behave. I said behave. Well, you know... It's just an important Aussie film. It was a uh, breakout for Banner. You know, we're, we're big Bannermen here. Yeah. Um, transition from pure skit comedy into into a big dramatic role. Yeah. Dramatic. I'd say uh, so. And just, just very different to what we were um, getting at the time. Yeah. Yeah, so it's cultural significance and just a fun, weird movie. Yeah. And it was it. It really did hold up. I was worried about that one. Yeah, because it's got a quite a bit of artistic interpretation. Like it's yeah. I, it's, I was worried it was going to be a little too film studenty. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think I was probably projecting my own film student pretentious sensibilities of the era when I initially mm. watched it. Yeah. Um, sure. But it holds up. It's good. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's like this real unique thing that. Came out of this little island down under. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. You? Uh, my number two, I'm, I'm doing, I only had, I didn't put them in order, so I'm thinking about this live. Yeah, me, Did you do yeah, the same? me too. <laughs> uh, my number two was The Shining. Oh, interesting. Well, it was just one of those things, you know, purely an accident. Um, my husband had, uh, been drinking and he came home about three hours late so he wasn't exactly in the greatest mood that night and well Danny had scattered some of his school papers all over the room and my husband grabbed his arm you know to pull him away from him it's it's just the sort of thing you do a hundred times with a child you know in the park or in the streets but on this particular occasion my husband just used too much strength and he injured 
Danny's arm. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, uh, probably some recency bias there, but like, man, I really enjoyed it this time. And I think the way we talked about it, not so much for the scares because at this point they're all pretty, what's the word, diffused, de, um, de-scaried. Um, but more so just the film itself and like, again, I probably a bit like Taxi Driver, like when I did watch this when I was younger, I I yeah. found it kind of boring to be honest. But now I was mm. I was like compelled throughout. Mm. Loved Shelley Duvall with this Ut- for the first time. Utterly compelling. Kind of yeah, exactly. Beginning to end, all of it. It's fucking great. All of it. The performances, even the kid. All of it. Man, mm. Scatman. Man, everything. Mm. What a fucking great movie. So good. Yeah, it's one of those movies that's movie. so good that I don't even know what to say about it other than like, fuck, it's a good movie, eh? You know, it's one of those. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a special, it's a special one. It could have easily been my number one too, but I'm going to say number two just because my number one was a bit more of an unexpected delight. Um, but yeah, that was my number two. My number one was The Shining. So, oh, uh, there you go. Yeah, for Look all at the us reasons go. you've just named. Yeah. So nothing else to add, really. I think the the big thing for us, I think we both agreed we watched it, was how amazing Shelley Duvall was when we yeah, both man. thought she was pretty crummy at the time, which yeah. matched up with what everyone said at the time. They all thought it was a bad performance, but as we saw, it certainly yeah. was not. And not to mention her fits, which were electric. All of them. It looks like the corridor catalogue, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It does. Some of those, the whole man, some of those big parties. Yeah. Yeah, it does look. Yeah, Chris, Tristan's referring to an uh, American brand called Corridor, which has a shop around the corner from him. Yeah, great knits. Great knits. I bought a jacket. I bought a cord shacket. Shacket, shacket type thing, uh, yeah. which is very, com- very comfortable. Mm. Um, yes. So, what's your number one? My number one. Oh, wait. I want to see if I can guess. Okay. Yeah. Let's try and guess. Uh, your number one movie. Oh, fuck. No, probably like, I don't know, Predator 2. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big dad. This is what I call a speech, kid. It's the only one I got. I only give it once, so pay attention. Till now, it's all been fun and games, cops and rivals, Dunkin' Donuts. But you're in the shit now. Metro Command is a war zone. Lieutenant, I paid my dues. I had to bust my ass to get my transfer. And that scares the shit out of me, kid. No one requests to come down here unless they're looking for a reputation. There's no room for showboats for anyone looking to prove themselves. Now, I won't stand for it. Now, don't get me wrong. We need good cops down here, and they say you're good at what you do. But the team comes first. You live by that, and you'll be okay. And we'll all be there for you. Remember, the door swings both ways. That's it. And, you know, this is not saying that Predator 2 is a better movie than The Shining. That's that's not what this is. This is just a personal preference in terms of the experience of the rewatch and everything and just the the way that film has gone from something I thought I wished didn't exist to now being canon, man. Like that is that is a great Predator sequel that now along with... Yeah. Along with Prey now kind of makes a perfect trilogy in my opinion. Now, I, th- I thought... I thought Predator had a sequel problem since then, but it didn't. The sequel problem's been mm-hmm. recent. Those shitty ones that came out in like 
you know, The Predator. That's that was a stinker. Predator Two is fucking great. Mm. All that shit we talked about. How I think what what we realized we loved about Predator was that it's almost even the original Predator is that it is set up not as a sci-fi film. It's just set up as a lap pack movie and then an alien shows up. Mm. And then similarly yeah. Predator 2 starts off as a hard-boiled detective cop drama and an alien shows up. And then Prey, mm. it's like a, you know, a period piece in early America and an alien shows up. I, I love that that becomes the common DNA of what a Predator film is and Predator 2 has retroactively become a perfect sequel, kind of because of Prey a little bit. Uh, but then even outside of that, just the film itself, everything about it is just my fucking jam. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's so great. The best thing, the best thing they did is not have Arnold. As much as I love Arnold, but yeah. it forced them. It was a beautiful constraint that forced them to to reinvent what it was. Yeah. And Sorry, not to mention that Danny Glover was amazing in it. Yeah, man. The loudest whisperer in the business. <laughs> I've always had a spot, soft spot for Murta. Um, yeah. I had two unexpectedly interestings, and they mm-hmm. were Predator Two and Universal Soldier: Day of Reckoning. So we were okay. Yeah, we're gonna we're pretty, circling around the same territory. Yeah, which is no surprise because yeah. we tend to agree on this show most of the time, unless there's music involved. Yeah, I had honorable mentions for Chopper, which you, which you already mentioned, and Grease. And the Grease one was oh, more so, yeah. it just held up a lot more than I thought it would. Like it passes the Bechdel test. A, a, a movie that the internet decided a couple of years ago was horribly outdated and sexist actually is less sexist than you would think. Yeah. They're just really old looking. But aside from that, yeah. it holds up like they a gem. 30. <laughs> uh, what about, um, can, did you, I, I put one for most, the most fun recording we did. Oh, that's got to be The Shining, I guess. Well, I, go, I, I actually put Bad Boys. I've, I was listening to that Bad Boys ep the other day. Oh, and yeah. I was, I was lolling. But again, <laughs> that might be a recency bias thing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A recording, I mean, it was pretty special having you in New York, Greg Cardi. That was delightful. Oh, yeah. Is that where we did? That was when we did The Shining, I think. Oh, Wait. yeah, okay. That probably yeah. wins. Yeah. Yeah, that wins. Yeah. That wins. That Live wins. from New York, it's Double Impact. Yeah, it was a Saturday actually. There you go. Um, do you have a stinker? Biggest stinker? Uh, there's a couple. Um, <laughs> so, um, season of the witch was definitely <laughs> like, but it had some. It had some it interesting. It had some to redeeming it. qualities, but yeah, yeah, it, but but it was you know it was broadly terrible. <laughs> um, and it, like and and then Masters of the Universe as well was. Had uh, some yeah. ama- it was a, it was amazing for the wrong reasons. Like as a film, it was yeah, pretty awful. It's great as a as a pop cultural artifact, but yeah. as a film that you want to sit down and enjoy, it's maybe not the best. I think I probably liked Halloween three more than you slightly, but yeah, I feel you. Yeah, but the um, I, the Masters of the Universe, the the Skeletor sort of getting the horn while he watches Dolph Lundgren. Oiled up, greasy, and getting electric whipped <laughs> was pretty special. Fuck, <laughs> that's right. Enough. Where is your strength? Where is it gone? Look at your precious sorceress, an old crone, weak, withering. 
dying. That'll also that'll also take Gaius moment of <laughs> just out pipping the volleyball scene from Top Gun as Gaius moment of the of the year. Fuck, maybe that's where they got it from. It's like we need to have one of those scenes in there. <laughs> I want to. I want that squirt title. <laughs> squirt magazines. Oh man, gayest movie or whatever it was. My my stinker is. It's not really even interesting to talk about as a stinker. It just was it just was shit movie, and that was uh, Universal Soldier: The Return. Oh, I don't even remember. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> remember, we we had just done the the good sequel that we mentioned. Yeah, and, and then we, and then we just happened to be up to that work. in the chronology of our. Oh yeah, and it was a real stinker. Oh like yeah, I think, that, I think you. Yeah, I think you. You're right. That that was it because the ones I've mentioned had something to to talk about at least, right? Like oddities yeah. that are fun to unpack. But that was just like so boring. You're watching it. And you're like, what am I even going to talk about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was rough. That's what it was I think rough. They really pause on Dolph for a bit there. Uh, no, JC. On uh, JC. Yeah. Oops. Well, it, yeah, it threw us into an existential crisis of like, shit, we've committed to doing every 10th episode being a Jean Claude Van Damme film in chronological order, and we've hit this zone now. <laughs> oh, it was a stinker. What a stinker. Man. Um, what about 2022? Fast forward. Like new films? New newies? Yeah, I had I have I have one because I only watched yeah. two movies this year. Actually, I had yeah. two. And I think they're the two movies I watched that were kind of akin to what we do on the show. Okay, so I had Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick. Oh uh, yeah, that was a cracker. I still haven't seen it. Oh, bro, come on! I'm keen. I haven't been to the cinema this year. Oh yeah, you need to. Isn't get that crazy? Yeah, and Prey. I liked Prey. Mixed oh, reviews, I forgot about I really, Prey. I really enjoyed Prey. Okay, I'm going to say Prey as well, as well as this horror film that I think you should watch, Greg, not with not oh. with Brucey or Lola, called Barbarian. Yeah, you were telling me about this. I've got to see that it. was It's a polarizing film. I've spoken to people that hated it, but there was something about that man. That was the most, and I watched it at home, not even at the cinema, and that's the most engaging movie experience I've had in years. Yeah, right. Because it, it fucks with your expectations so much. Um, which I think is what some people don't like about it because it's like, wait, why did it do that? But yeah. I was I was eating it up, man. Oh, right. and I don't want to say spoilers because it's a new film, but go fucking yeah. watch it. It wasn't – I don't think it's on a streamer as such, so I'll keep an eye out. If anyone in Oz knows if it's popped up on a streamer. In the US it's on HBO Max, so yeah. go check that out if you – Okay, maybe it's on Foxhall. Um, might be, yeah. 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 And then – other than that, I, uh, we've had a couple of good series. We've had a few yeah. mini series. Obviously, did our well one Christmas movie this year, so was <laughs> Halloween. Uh, we did our New York kind of the kind of sort of the main character. Yeah, yeah, that's right. When uh, that was fun. Mark Tristan's return to New York City. Yeah, we had a yeah we had an international in person pod at Casa Burrell. Yeah, right. Heights. And maybe some exciting news to come early in the new year. I was going to say, Greg, I think 2023 could be a big year. Big year. We've got some plans. We've got some plans, guys. Yeah, got some exciting news. I've always wanted to be one of those jerks that goes, oh, we've got some exciting news we can't talk about yet. <laughs> I feel like that's when you know you're, you're cooking. 
Yeah. Yeah. Got some exciting exactly. things to look forward to, friends. Some very exciting next year, things. Maybe some Patreon. Yeah. Maybe some other things. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited. We are. But I guess we have a little break now. So until then. Well, you know, we'll do some re-releases. We might cut up some old episodes into some special episodes or something. But, you know, go hang with your families. Don't listen to us. Yeah, go eat some listen turkey. to your wives and children. Listen to your wives. Drink some cider. Is that a thing? Eggnog. Get get some nog in yeah, you. Yeah, well, depending where you are. Here you'd be drinking beer. That's our yeah. Christmas. Eggnog. Yeah, it sure is. Cold Let's beer. Crack a couple of eggs in there. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I've got to go and rescue my wife from three six-year-olds and a three-and-a-half-year-old that are currently terrorising our house. Uh, and I've got to rescue my wife from two dogs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Funny Merry games. Christmas, well, friends of the show. Indeed. Merry Christmas. And look forward to spending more time in your ear holes in 2023. Yeah. Get real cosy in there. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Ciao. Ciao. Because Kermit, I have to, you get my sympathy. She is not an easy woman to act opposite, is That's she? That's very true, Alan. Yes, I mean, you say that again. <laughs> How do you cope with the temperament? Oh, well, well, we have the occasional little stress on a set, but uh, we generally do okay <laughs> so long as she gets her way. Gonzo, this must be incredible for you because from being what I suppose originally was a bit of an also ran in the Muppets, very much a sort of subsidiary character, here you are playing Charles Dickens in this mm. one. It's, it's, it's very esoteric, I'd have thought, very classic role for you, isn't it? Excuse me, did you say also ran? Well, well, not for very long, Brad. I, mean, I come on here and I get insulted, first thing. <laughs> I've been working, I've been doing these acts for years. But they used to fire you giving out. Giving and giving. <laughs> they used to fire you out of a cannon. I mean, you've come a long way since then, haven't you? What's wrong with a cannon? That's a wonderful act. It's art, it's culture. But, you know, this was a chance, Alan, to go ahead and do some dramatic work. You know, so I, I did a lot of studying. Did you, did you study Dickens? Did you read the complete works? Yes, I did. Well, I... I read, I read part of it. I read a tale of one city. <laughs> <laughs>